Today, Merrick Garland admits he approved the search warrant for Mar-a-Lago. Trump pleads the fifth in the tax investigation led by New York Attorney General Letitia James, and a viral abortion story gets a much-needed fact check. Stick around. It's all coming up right now. Hey there, welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Hillary Kennedy filling in for Sarah Gonzalez who is enjoying a lovely vacation. But boy, is she missing a lot of news this week, <laughs> like the Merrick Garland story. I can't wait to get to that, but first I will introduce our table today. Mr. Stu Bergier, host of Stu Does America here on Blaze TV and also on the Glenn Beck program. Lots to talk about today. Yes, mm -hmm. a whole lot. And then Mr. Jakob Buyans, Blaze TV contributor and host of The Bottom Line. Good to have Thank you here, too. Thank you. It's so, good to be with Stu. I am excited because I know the two of you are going to have a lot to say about this story. So this just happened today. Mayor Garland did admit that he approved the search warrant. We have a clip. Listen to this. There are, however, certain points I want you to know. First, I personally approved the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Third, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated, patriotic public servants. All right, any surprised uh, moments when you heard this news, when he finally admits that he approved it? Well, we haven't heard Merrick Garland speak all that often, and, and you kind of hear him speak and you realize he would have even been boring for the Supreme Court. So I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad he didn't get on, uh, for multiple reasons, by the way. Uh, yeah, no, this is, uh, first of all, him approving it. We were told over and over again by the media that they had absolutely no idea. It was just Christopher Ray working on his own. Maybe some rogue agent out there approving this raid of a, the home of, a, of an ex-president. Uh, that was never for a moment believable. Anyone who believed it, I think, is just you know putting themselves intentionally in darkness. Uh, this was, it's obvious this had to go up the chain. I'm glad they're admitting it. I think that's a positive. Um, but, you know, we're now at that, I think, that point where it's going to be interesting what the next step is. In, in the press conference, he talked about uh, unsealing this warrant, which I think is a good move. I, I think we should, you know, look, this is too big of an issue right now. And everyone's just filling in their own details with what they think might happen. And that's not the best way uh, to understand a story. It's better if you have the information. You'd think um, Donald Trump uh, will probably want this to be out so he can show you know, what the basis of this is, which seems to be incredibly thin, you know, at least by all the reporting. We should know by now that we can't always trust the reporting, but the reporting seems to indicate, oh, well, they just wanted to look for some documents. I don't believe that was their end goal by any means. Uh, you know, I think they were fishing. They were looking for something. They thought they might find something bigger. Uh, if they don't, they can fall back to, we were just looking for these boxes we knew were there. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't make any sense. You, you don't go raid an ex-president's house uh, over documents that you, you know where they are. And to which they've had dealings with the FBI about these boxes, to which they've shown the FBI these boxes in previous visits. It seems to be a very thin disguise 
over what they want to do, which is free reign to go through his property when he's not there and go through Melania's underwear drawer to see if they can find something. And uh, that's a totally inappropriate action for the FBI. I think they are now realizing that they overstepped and are freaking out a little bit. And this is their damage control attempt. Yeah, they're trying to overcorrect. Do you think the White House knew Yaku, that, to, that they were going to raid in advance? And do you think they even maybe gave those orders to Merrick Garland? Um, speaking for me, not the network, I think Barack Obama knew, Susan Rice knew, uh, Biden, if you can remember what he had for breakfast, knew. They all knew. <laughs> all of them knew. Because it's a plant. This is a strategic play. I just take people on their word. I'm a literalist, right? So listen to Garland. What did he say? Well, it, it, it takes an extreme situation to go to a measure of a raid because typically you would want to use other measures. So then why didn't you? Because a week prior... The Trump family, the Trump campaign complied. They worked with you. They showed boxes. You came in. They pointed out a room. That room is not secure enough. Maybe secure that room. It's not like there's been resistance for months and months and months evading the law, Stu. And now our last resort is a, a, you know, a search warrant to go. You know how hard it is for us to get a search warrant to, to arrest people that you know, hurt children? It's hard. To go through a door of a former president, that has never happened. At some point, they, would, they should have said, we've never done this as a nation. This is a pretty big deal, guys. They knew. They knew it's a big deal. They knew the implications. They knew it would set off a firestorm. They actually, to Stu's point, knew that it would set off conspiracy theory like crazy. It drives the right completely bonkers. There's 900 versions of the truth. And in the muck of 900 versions of the truth, they operate. It's when you distill it all down. And you put them on the hot plate and say, there's not 900 versions of the truth. We're going to release the warrant. We're going to release the camera footage from Mar-a-Lago. And then America can focus on truth and hold those accountable. But if there's a ton of conspiracy theater, they loved QAnon. Mm -hmm. They loved it. Mm -hmm. They loved 900 because they can operate in the middle of the, the, the craziness. Right? right. So we need to focus this. They yeah, I think that's a great point because, you know, this stuff. When you have an open, a vacuum of truth, a vacuum of information, people tend to fill in their own, their own, you know, priors and and fill in those gaps. You know, you think about that. We know we talk about the news all the time. The people who listen to this podcast are really in tune with the news. They they know what's going on. But there's a whole other subsection of our population, people who might be deep into a QAnon conspiracy. Some people who might be way on the fringes. Imagine hearing this news from their perspective. Yeah. If you already believed a lot of things about the government that might not even be true, maybe you're even going too far, and then you see something like this happen, where is your mind going to go? And add on to this, that our government has been telling us for now multiple years that the biggest threat to the United States of America are domestic terrorists on the right. Now, I don't believe that. I mean, I have to yeah. be clear. But they are saying that. But that is what they say they believe. And if you did believe that, the last thing in the world you'd want to do is raid the home of their hero with no explanation and no reason. I said this the first day on Stu Does America after this broke, which is like, look, if you're going to do this, you better have the goods. Smoking gun. You in better hand. have your right. Absolutely. You better have a photo of Donald Trump on the grassy knoll. Instead of Ted Cruz's dad executing JFK, it's got to be that good. <laughs> you better have something amazing. And their excuse immediately went from 
Every, you know, every broadcast, CNN, MSNBC saying, oh my gosh, this must be huge. They would never do this unless they had something huge. A half an hour later, it was like, oh, it wasn't a raid. What are you talking, a raid? It was just a little search and it was just for these documents. We've all known he's had these documents. It's not a big deal. I, I, they have been misleading in every piece of the coverage on this. The government has been giving out information that's not correct. Mm-hmm. And I do cheer on the idea of us getting this information. Yes, I do think absolutely. that's a positive step. Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, I hope that this does come to us so we can at least try to get something. But, you know, even if we get the warrant and we see all the information behind it, it's clear that I think what the what the government was doing here is using some sort of base level offense that they per, they perceive when it comes to documents for a wider fishing expedition. Mm-hmm. And look, this guy is the focus of everyone in Washington's lives 24 seven. All they're obsessed with taking him out. It's like if they would work this hard on actually running the government, maybe they wouldn't need to worry about taking him out. They could just beat him in an election. Uh, uh, but instead, it's they're it's just obsessed point. with him. They don't have purpose. And to Stu's point, this is a this really feels like a frame job. Honestly, this is how this feels because there's no the, the egregious nature of the action mm-hmm. doesn't justify you know the reasoning because what what do you have? Show us. And and remember now, this is not our first rodeo with this. There's Russia collusion, steel dossier. I mean, they've had the smoking gun so many times to only have it blow up in their face. They lost their beloved Hillary Clinton as a as a candidate because she was implicated on funding the whole thing. So so here we go again. They have nothing. But I believe the end goal here is to disqualify this man from running for office by any means necessary somehow. Right. Well, Judicial Watch feels the same way. They're a conservative watchdog group. They announced that they they are the ones that filed the motion asking the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Florida to unseal the search warrant materials used by the FBI to raid Mar-a-Lago. The warrant allegedly um, relates to a dispute over the Presidential Records Act, but Judicial Watch said, um, you know, we need to know exactly what is in this thing. We feel like you're not being transparent with the American public. No surprise there. So what do you think is actually going to be on the warrant when we do get to see it? Hmm. It's, a, it's a good question. I mean, if it's, it's tough because if it's nothing, which is kind of what, it, what has been reported, we're all, we're just, we wanted to get these documents. We asked them and they wouldn't give them to us. So we had to go raid the house. If that's what it is, that's really bad. I mean, I think everyone will see that for what it is, a real fishing expedition. Mm -hmm. If they have, there's been also rumors that they have someone on the inside uh, of the Trump operation that's been leaking them details about where these documents might be. If they have that and these documents are significant in some way, uh, if they are tied to January 6th and some, you know, again, I don't believe this, but like if they had something that really was, that would win not only MSNBC over, but people in the middle, people who are conservative, who are people who respect the law. I mean, if this guy really did something, I have no desire to protect him from the consequences of it. If Donald Trump did something wrong, I want him punished just like I want anyone else punished. But because of what Yaku just said, how many times are we going to go down this road? They've said they have proof against this guy in Russia, in Ukraine. Uh, The Russian banks were wiring him money. Uh, You know, he was he had spies all over the world. He had business deals all over the world. That's why he was doing all these things. They've accused him of so many things. I can't even keep track of them. And they always fall through. It's always eh, there was a little speck of something here or maybe a little worry here, but never really turns into anything. And because we've been down this road so many times, it's hard to believe they have anything. 
And it's not just this investigation. He was just testifying yesterday in a totally separate investigation. There's another one in New York City going on. I mean, it's just constant. It's like they are completely obsessed with him. And I think, you know, I don't know what to think about because you're right. I think they want him out, right? They don't want him there. But if that's their goal, which seems to me that it is, this is a terrible miscalculation. I mean, this is going to make people unite around Trump I, the in the primary. The moment that happened is, I said, they just lost the election. Whether it's Trump running or DeSantis, they lost the election. Mm. I actually want to thank them because whenever they <laughs> overplay their hand, they just yeah. galvanized the Republican Party where we couldn't galvanize it ourselves. Yeah, but They just brought us together. Like, you know, they would say, well, you know, Trump united the liberals. Well, Hillary, Hillary united the right. Well, they just... They just united the conservative movement, and they we did. had a hard time doing it ourselves. Well, and, so. and two things there. Number one, there's been a challenge. For, I mean, DeSantis is probably the one guy that can run against Donald Trump and have a prayer, right? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I still think it would be difficult. It would be an uphill battle in, in this environment. But he would have a chance. People really like Ron DeSantis, really think he's good. And he was, you could argue, he had a little bit of momentum sort of catching, closing that gap here as we go into 2022 and then into 2024. Well, that's been totally reversed. So if you want Donald Trump to be the nominee, this is the best thing that could happen to Donald Trump. This is helping him. This shows in polling, they did polling on Mm -hmm. um, Democrats. 59% of uh, Democrats said these these investigations and the raid would would make them more motivated to go out and vote. But that number for Republicans was 83%. that on top to a, of a poll that came out just two days before that from Monmouth that said the January 6 hearings did absolutely nothing to change anyone's mind in basically any category. But they know that. But they know that. They know that. So they're trying things. something else, I guess. Of course. These are, these are all you're going to see, and I don't want to be a broken record, you will see Hail Mary after Hail Mary yeah. after Hail Mary. Whether, and, and they hope, it's just a pasta theory. Just throw a whole bunch of it <laughs> against the wall and one hope, pray that one of them sticks with the American people, that the American people ostracize a guy. I say this, if they're successful and they ostracize him, there's a pretty darn good backup coming from Florida. Yeah. Right. And so, so I think they hurt themselves in the long run immensely because I'll say the Satan overplays his hand and these people are not following light, they're following darkness. Well, as Stu mentioned, Trump is also at the center of another investigation. So we're going to tell you what that is when we come back from break. Stay with us. You make such a good point. Nobody's talking about how they went after the bunker Trump, how she had to pull her whole clothing. Well, they just cannot leave former President Trump alone. So he has invoked his Fifth Amendment rights in a deposition for the New York Attorney General Letitia James. So her office has been conducting a civil investigation into the Trump organization to find out whether Trump and his company improperly inflated the value of assets on financial statements in order to obtain loans and tax benefits. Those financial dealings that the New York AG believes could have been potentially fraudulent include properties such as Trump's estate, Seven Springs in Westchester, New York, 40 Wall Street, his residence at Trump Tower in New York City. Now, he has denied any wrongdoing, and he said this investigation is a politically motivated witch hunt. And even a, a CNN legal analyst said, of course, Letitia James politicized this Trump investigation, and we have a clip of that, so let's listen. 
Yeah, John, so first of all, the, the hypocrisy, of course, is jaw-dropping here. And it really is a moment of shame for Donald Trump and for the American presidency to have a former president who has to invoke the Fifth Amendment. But legally, you're absolutely right. This is Donald Trump's right. He can take the Fifth Amendment the same as anyone else can. Important to know, though, in a civil lawsuit in New York State, if somebody takes the Fifth, that can actually be used against them. The jury can draw what's called an adverse inference, meaning the jury, in, again, a civil case, can sort of assume the worst about what if his testimony might have been. It cannot be used against him in any way in a criminal prosecution. And I do think it's worth noting here, John, Letitia James has politicized this investigation. She campaigned on vote for me and I'll nail Donald Trump. She has fundraised on it. So that's not a ridiculous fear for him to have. So before we discuss it, I also want to show you and have you listen to one more thing that Trump released. He released this ad on True Social highlighting uh, Letitia James' politi politicization of investigating him throughout her whole campaign. Listen to this. What is fueling my soul right now is Trump. Will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain personally. <laughs> so, I mean, this he keeps calling it a witch hunt. And when you see those clips of her back to back, it really seems that way. What are your thoughts, Yaku? Again, I'm going to say they tell you exactly who they are, mm -hmm. who they serve. She, she picked the words, it's fueling my soul. Hatred, bitterness, revenge is fueling her soul. I'd rather be fueled by the Word of God and, and something brighter than that. But that's, that's how they operate. They operate from a place of disdain. They're the ones that call him an illegitimate president. Try and do that now in mainstream media with Joe Biden. I mean, you can't, but they can't. So she's telling you exactly. But, but it's so funny because this is the same woman in the Jeffrey Epstein cases and all these things that wouldn't bring cases against people, that wouldn't stand up for justice, that wouldn't protect innocent people or keep criminals in jail in New York. But they're going after this president. They are scared to death of this guy. They will throw the kitchen sink at him just so that somehow they compromise him within some statute that he can't run for office. Um, in a very brief moment of defense of Letitia James, I will say uh, I did appreciate when her soul was fueled by hatred of Andrew Cuomo. Uh, so I did like <laughs> there was a couple of moments there. I was fine with her hatred going in that direction. Um, but outside of that, I mean, this is ridiculous. Right? This is insane. And, and this is, I think, you know. They, one of the big uh, moments of glee from the media over the past couple of days was this uh, this ability to be able to go back and take moments of Donald Trump saying, "I'll you know, taking the fifth shows that you're guilty. And they love playing that clip back and uh, over and over and over and over again. Now, of course, even when that was when he was saying that, you know, we said that's not true. I mean, that's not how our legal system works. I mean, he's fine to have that opinion. And he said in his statement, look, I have no choice. But. People kind of glazed by what he was saying when he has no choice. He's got so many investigations going on against him at the same time. If he says anything to Letitia James, yes. one of these other investigations yes. can just grab that testimony and then use it against him there. And this is a never-ending cycle mm -hmm. of investigations and testimony over and over again. There's really nothing he can do other than just say, look, I plead the fifth. Let's move on with our lives. And the only other thing he can do, I have to say is to announce he's running for president. Because once he does that, it, it is, it, there's a certain amount of shielding that goes on. 
It's one thing to investigate a former president, a person who's out of office. It's another thing to investigate the current nominee of the opposing party. And I think the American people would see that with even more clarity, right? It's one thing to say, okay, well, we're going after this guy. He was in office. He did some things we didn't like, and now we're coming after him. It's another thing to say, this is, uh, you know, we're going after our political opponent. It's, it's blatantly political at that point, even more so than it is now. And once he's in, running for office and near to be the nominee, the, the legal system, I think, too, is going to be, and I don't mean like people like Letitia James, they'll do whatever they can, but I mean, people who are actually like, you know, respect the legal system a little bit more are going to be much more hesitant to bring charges and to go down these roads. Raiding the home of a current candidate for the president of the United States is off the charts crazy, even from where we are now. So I will, in some ways, he's hesitated on this because he's had advice, at least reportedly, that you know, it makes you look kind of weak. It seems like you're trying to get out ahead of Ron DeSantis and scare other people out of the field. I don't think that's the way he sees it, but I think that's the way his advisors have seen it as far as announcing early. This, I think, changes the calculus on that. I mean, I, if I were him, he's going to be running anyway. Get it over with. Get out there and do it. I, don't, I think a lot of people don't want that on the Republican Party because they don't want the 2022 election to be about Donald Trump, which is understandable at some level, especially in purple districts. Mm -hmm. But Honestly, if, 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 what he's, if he's just worried about himself and his potential future presidency, I think that's the right move to, to go right now. So how serious are the crimes that they're accusing Trump of in this investigation, especially when we compare it to all of those emails that Hillary Clinton deleted off her private server and put the na you know putting national security at risk with that? How serious are these things that they're accusing him of in comparison to that? Hillary left our troops in Benghazi on the rooftop and would not take their phone calls. American people died and there was nothing. She took acid and hammers and smashed her phones and had people do it and nothing happened. Um, to, <laughs> you, can, you can take these exact same charges and go open a case against every single Fortune 500 company on Wall Street today. Every single developer every single major player in the real estate market that hedges one property against another, that leverages property against another, that takes capital gains here and invests it in another property so they don't have to pay the capital gains. You can, you can charge any developer in America with these charges today and you would have some reason to go fish. Mm -hmm. They're fishing. You, this is not unique. This is not like, again, they don't have smoking guns. You could do this to anybody. And then it would never end. I said it the other day. Let's just break all the rules, no rules in war, and just nuke everybody. And just see the last man standing. Let's just see, let's blow everybody up and see. You can't run a society that way. You can't run the FBI that way, but they are. But it's only one man, though. They're going after one man. To your point, I just want to say one thing. I personally believe that... Governor Ron DeSantis is waiting to see what President Trump is going to do. I personally do not believe Ron DeSantis will run against Donald Trump. Hmm. Because I know DeSantis knows that would, that would harm the party. Hmm. I don't think he will run against him. I think that's a waiting game going on, and, and this is my opinion. Um, so I don't think we're going to see that head-to-head -head battle. Hmm. You know, I don't know. I, I feel like... One of the lessons I think presidential candidates uh, should have learned over the past few cycles is if you're in your moment, you better go for it. You know, you think of Chris Christie the first time sure. he was very popular. I mean, Bobby Jindal was really popular mm -hmm. at one the point. The pendulum may swing for DeSantis. Yeah, yeah, you know, things go. It's hard to be the hot new thing for four years. 
And, you know, if he has real aspirations, which it seems that he does, you know, he probably should go for it if he wants to be president at some point. He might not be the hot new thing in 2028. Um, I will say, too, you know, part of me thinks, because I, I, I understand what you're saying, and I think uh, there's something to be said there. I think that's what most candidates are going to do. I think, you know, like we talked to Rand Paul a few weeks ago, and, and, and we were talking to him. He was going after Fauci on yeah. something, and he's really been the strongest voice there, right, going after mm-hmm. Fauci publicly. Maybe the strongest guy in Washington, D.C. Yeah, I think so, yeah. um, when it comes to Washington. And so uh, we asked him, the guy's already run for president. We know he wants to be yeah. president, wanted to be president. So are you thinking about running here? And he basically said, well, not if Trump runs. Like he, I think most of that field is going to clear. DeSantis, I think, is the one, one exception. And I will say, I think, if you want to be president of the United States, like Trump certainly wouldn't wait. Like if, if you thought you were the right guy for, for this time, go for it. Yeah. If you're not, you know, if you're not man enough to stand up and say, like, I can take I can beat Donald Trump. You probably shouldn't be president. And I don't think it's that. Though. Yeah, I no, think there's a true love for Florida and there is a concern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, there is a concern that if DeSantis leaves Florida, that Florida goes purple. I mean, there is a real yeah. concern. I mean, like who's behind that anyway? Him? Yeah. Like who's behind? That's true. DeSantis to really steward Florida. Well, when we're talking about the hot new thing, I know someone who thinks he's the hot new thing, and that's Beto O'Rourke, and we're going to talk about him because he's got a clip that's going viral. So we'll, we'll talk about that right after the break. I saw this clip, and I'm like, it had to be Alex Stein, right? And it wasn't. I don't think it was. Well, <laughs> I just assumed it, it was Alex it was, Stein. Right. They said it was a heckler, and I was like, oh, it had to be Alex Well, one thing that you need to know about Beto O'Rourke is that he is not afraid to drop an F-bomb, and we've got a clip. Now 11 weeks since we lost 19 kids and their two teachers shot to death with a weapon originally designed for use in combat, legally purchased by an 18-year-old who did not try to obtain one when he was 16 or 17, but followed the law that's on the books, ladies and gentlemen, that says that you can buy not one, you can buy two or more if you want to, AR-15s, hundreds of rounds of ammunition, and take that weapon that was originally designed for use on the battlefields in Vietnam to penetrate an enemy soldier's helmet at 500 feet and knock him down dead up against kids at five feet. It may be funny to you, mother but it's not funny to me. Oh, he said a swear. So that was a heckler uh, that was laughing at Beto describing guns as terrifying weapons only intended for war. And then he had some choice words to say. So do you think he handled that heckler properly considering he's a a candidate that's running? Do you think that was the... No, this guy hasn't hasn't seen class. He doesn't know what it looks like. He's got no idea what class is. He's got no spine. He's got no integrity. When when the weather turns a little left, then he's not going to take your guns because he's running for a particular office. And then when it turns a little right, he's going to come take your guns. I mean, that he is absolutely running on Second Amendment. I go double down. Please do. Please double down, Beto. Double down on taking Texans guns. Do it. It will be the death of your political career in this state. Please do. And Texans, you double down on buying ammo, get your weapons, fortify your families, because the federal government will not do it. Stand your ground. You have a Second Amendment for a reason. I like it when he doubles down. He's, he doesn't have class. But um, let's see. Let's see how this is going to play out for him. It didn't do well before. Let's see this time. 
I mean, you know, people keep describing him as a heckler. I, I, maybe it was a heckler, but like, it seemed to me to just be honest laughter. He was describing something completely ridiculous. These weapons were not designed as weapons of for war. For Vietnam, that's, by that's the way. The AR-15 was designed for Vietnam. We signed up just, just reverse time. Yeah, it's, yeah exactly. I mean, it's it's not true. He's been lying about this for literally years and keeps saying it in front of friendly audiences who never challenge him on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that he, he decided to swear back to him, just, you know, that's the typical Beto response. Like, he just... He doesn't have good arguments, so he does what he does. Um, you know, no one loves Beto O'Rourke more than Beto O'Rourke. The guy loves himself. He thinks he's the greatest thing in the world. Texans have rejected him, uh, you know, before. They'll reject him again here, and I think that's going to be the, the the end of the story. You know, he, seeing what he did after the shooting when he went to that press conference was that's one right. of the most grotesque things I've ever seen a politician do, that's and that right. is saying something. I mean, mm-hmm. He is. It was something that only human garbage would consider. You know, he was trying to build his campaign on the backs of dead children. It's the lowest thing I have probably ever seen a politician do. And, of course, what did that do? It got people like the people in that room that were cheering to give him a bunch of money so that he can still lose except with a bunch of money. That is going to be the result here. He's going to raise a bunch of cash off off of stuff like this. He thinks he's this big badass. And when this is all over, he can go to MSNBC or he can go to some, you know, university. But this is the end of the road. How many times can uh, and I, honestly, this is a good thing for, for Republicans across the country because idiotic people in Illinois and Oregon and Washington in the blue states that might actually be close this cycle are sending their money to dumb Beto O'Rourke so he can lose by eight points to Greg Abbott. Great. That's a great ending to the story. Honestly. I think this guy loses by 15. Watch it. He clearly does not understand Greg Abbott. Greg Abbott is tempered in this state. I mean, hey, there's a war chest. But, but how... The cognitive dissonance is what we use in, in when people have severe trauma. That this guy could, on the heels, literally the first press conference, to Stu's point, mm-hmm. write a political campaign on these dead children and then now stand in a room and remind us, oh, how bad it was, the dead children. You're the guy who literally would walk over the dead bodies for your own name to get mm-hmm. fame mm-hmm. minutes after it happened. Now we're supposed to believe that you care about them? Yes. I mean, come on. He keeps using that shooting every time. Well, we've got another, this is a horrific story as well. So media outlets, they've been sounding the alarm after Facebook allegedly handed over data to law enforcement, resulting in a teenager and her mother being criminally charged for an abortion. But the headlines with this story were incredibly misleading. Um, They're suggesting that the teenager is being unfairly prosecuted. So a headline from Vice. This is the data Facebook gave police to prosecute a teenager for abortion. Huffington Post said Facebook gave cops data to prosecute Nebraska teenager who allegedly had an abortion. Newsweek said Facebook turning over data in teens abortion case raises privacy questions and on and on and on and on. But here are the facts of the investigation. According to the Lincoln Journal Star, a Norfolk, Nebraska police detective began investigating in April because they got a tip about a then 17 year old named Celeste Burgess, who's now 18, um, that she had miscarried a pregnant named Jessica disposed of the unborn child's body. When the detective obtained records, he learned she had been pregnant for nearly six months and was expected to deliver the child in early July. When he interviewed her, she claimed she'd unexpectedly given birth to a stillborn child while in the shower and that she and her mother then buried the body with the help of another man. Well, the investigators, they interviewed that man and he did disclose the mother and daughter. They found that that man's claims were corroborated. 
So in light of this horrifying discovery, the police, they charged the mother and the daughter with felony removing, concealing, or abandoning a dead human body and two misdemeanors concealing the death of another person. So where Facebook plays into all of this is they had messages back and forth to one another, the mother and daughter, and the mother was helping obtain abortion pills for her daughter. And it was shown that she had access to these pills, took the drugs before the child was stillborn. So Nebraska bans abortion after 20 weeks, and that's where this all sort of comes together. So does <laughs> wow, this there. abortion story remind you of the abortion story that we just recently heard all over the news about the 10-year-old? All the facts weren't out, but yet they ran with these headlines that were grossly misleading. And so now people never know what the truth is. Well, yeah, and you point out if it's at six months, it's, it has nothing to do with a Supreme Court ruling. This is a, a pre-existing law uh, that uh, that would, she would have been violating. Secondarily, and, and uh, I, I've looked at at least versions of every single law in these states, and, and I will admit they are changing all the time, so it's possible I've missed something. But as, to my knowledge... No state that has a banned abortion has p criminal penalties against the mother for having the abortion. The penalties go against the, the p providers. Right. That's, that's, the, that's the, the mechanism that punishes people for illegal abortions. It does, it's not the mother that gets punished for that. That's not how that operates at all. So, I mean, immediately you have to be skeptical when you're seeing these headlines. You don't get, you don't get charged with illegal abortions, typically, uh, in most circumstances, if you are the mother uh, or the, uh, you know, the mother of the, of the child. So, uh, all sorts of problems there. This has nothing. To, they want you to believe, of course, that this has something to do with the with the Supreme Court ruling. When, of course, it doesn't. And look, you know, that's pretty shady behavior, right? Um, especially when you live in a country where abortion in multiple states is legal at that time, right? You could go get an abortion all you know all over the country. Unfortunately, until very recently. Uh, much later than that. So, you know, why are you acting this way? Why are you burning the body? Uh, you know, it, it, there's all sorts of things that, that are red flags for officers and a totally legitimate thing for them to ask for these messages. Again, I mean, I hate to, it's all about inconvenience these days. I hate to say you have to travel a couple of hours to end the life of your child. I know that's inconvenient. I hate to say when you want to plan your illegal abortion, you shouldn't do it on Facebook. These are real trials and tribulations for people, but I'm sorry, you're going to have to cross those bridges. Well, then what do you think about the, the media outlets leaving out all of these gruesome details? Because they're really framing the story a completely different way. Yeah, look, I'm surprised Facebook shared information because there's several lawsuits. I'm, we're involved in a lawsuit against Twitter at the moment to get information like this on children for them to share, and typically they don't share. So I was pretty surprised seeing that. But then, of course, selective memory and, and selection for America will feed you what we want you to see. Mm -hmm. But this story plays into something that I don't want us to miss. A couple of weeks ago, we did a story on the show here about companies now saying, we're going to make these abortion pills available to buy online, and these self-abortions are going to happen at home and how there was a vacuum that they're selling online for kids to buy a vacuum and vacuum the child out. And I said, you watch, this is gonna result in botched abortions, which this quasi kind of was. This is gonna result in what do I do with the body? How do I hide it, burn the body, bury the body, get someone else to, you're gonna see this story play out around this country thousands of times when, when Organizations are campaigning for these, will defy the law in your state and teach you in these classes now on how to perform an abortion on yourself. So this, I grimace at this because I go, oh, this is a little foreshadowing 
for what's coming in to Stu's point. Super shady behavior, burning a body. You don't even want to think on how. They don't have a, there's no cremation facility that they have burning a body. How? By what? I mean, humanity has lost its mind because it's lost its moral compass. Humanity is doing things today that you would have for sure gone to prison Mm -hmm. forever. Not that long ago. The idea that you would do something like this. So this whole story but to your point, yeah, the media is going to feed you the story they want you to have. And it's so far from the truth, like the 10-year-old, which was actually a human trafficking situation where the man is, you know, abusing the mom and the mom's covering for him. And we'll sacrifice the daughter and, and, and her, her innocence because we've got to keep the status quo. So Awful. the media is complicit. Well, while we're talking about parenthood, we've got another story coming up after the break about a star of the hit TV show The Office. So come back. If you were a fan of the TV show The Office, you probably remember actress Mindy Kaling. So she's had something to say recently about motherhood. She had her eggs frozen. She became a single mother late in her 30s. She's currently single with two children. And she said, I waited until I had the means. That made all the difference. So now she's saying, I wish every 19-year-old girl would come home from college and that the gift, instead of buying them jewelry or vacation or whatever, is that their parents would take them to freeze their eggs. They could do that once and then have all these eggs for them, for their futures, to focus your 20s and 30s on your career. And yes, love, but to know that when you're emotionally ready and if you don't have a partner, you can still have children. I want to note, freezing eggs in the U.S., it typically costs anywhere from $9,000 to $10,000. Some clinics could charge up to $15,000. Then with the medications, that's another two dollars or $3,000 that you have to add to that bill. And then egg storage is about $1,000 a year. So, first of all, do you find it funny that she thinks the average American family could afford to pay for their teenage daughter to freeze their eggs? Well, just develop one of the most successful sitcoms of all time. You have no problem. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just exactly. do what Mindy did. Um, no, it, I, you know, that's pretty expensive, and most people uh, can't do that. Though, my guess is if you asked her, she'd be more than happy to spend multiple trillions of dollars providing that to every single uh, every single American in some sort of universal health care system. So uh, probably consistent with her beliefs in some way. Uh, you know, she she uh, it's an interesting interview with her because, you know, she... There's been the rumors for a very long time that B.J. Novak, who's the the, the temp from the office, uh, was act- is actually the father of of, of her kids. And she says he's the godfather he's of both, godfather but she of won't both. say if yeah. he's the father. The, yeah. the the belief is that perhaps that he was the, the dad. You know, look, uh, we if we look to Hollywood for advice on such matters, our society will collapse. So best, just like we shouldn't listen to sports athletes about their opinion on the flag, we should not listen to celebrities on their opinion of family. Uh, but you know, uh, she's gonna do what she's going to do and look half the celebrities on tv have been like are in prison for like sexual assault so at least she's probably still on the right side of hollywood right yeah she's doing better than most i would say (laughs) do you think this practice of freezing eggs and being a single parent do you think that's something that we should encourage or what are your thoughts absolutely not absolutely not we are a broken society because fathers are not in the home we absolutely not we should not be promoting this woman empowerment movement, I can raise kids by myself. Talk to kids who were raised without fathers about what, sitting here, one of them. 80% of incarcerated people in every prison around this country today were raised fatherless, who now left their children fatherless. So to promote the notion that 
you know, you should pride yourself on not having a father in a child's life is insane. Absolutely insane. Well, for someone like that that has access to nannies and you know, <laughs> makes it personal trainers and child care when you're Actually traveling. Actually doesn't make a difference. You can have an army there. A child, even if it's a surrogate father or if it's a stepfather, there is something about your dad, your dad being in your life, your dad, not some other dude that steps in. And thank you for the stepfathers that step into the gap or for the coaches who behave like fathers. But there's a void in a child's life when it's not the father. There's no question. Yeah, it's a tra- it, it, I mean, it's an interesting conversation. I will say, you know, obviously I would defend the nuclear family as a very, very vital uh, building block to our, 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 the fabric of our country. Uh, the, the, just to hit on another part of what she was saying, though, that the, the thought of waiting a little bit I don't think is the worst idea. Uh, and I did this. Uh, you know, we waited. I was in my mid-30s when we had, started having kids. Um, and I don't think it's for everybody. Some people, I think. Mm-hmm. Totally ready for it. I think it was better for for me as a as a dad. I, I think I'm a much better dad now than I would have been in my early 20s. That's not to, a lot of people can handle it. My my dad was 19 when I was born, so you know they went the other direction. But you know, as I, I was able to go through a little bit of my career and understand the world a little bit better, maybe a little, a little bit more prepared. Not necessarily. I mean, financially, sure, you build your career, but also there's a there's a bit of. Um, uh, of life learning you do yeah. in your, through your 20s and your 30s. You become a little bit less selfish. You become a little bit more, you know, I think emotionally able to handle difficult situations. And I think there's something there's something to that for some people. I think it worked for me. I, I, I kind of liked doing it that way. But Stu, freezing the eggs not an issue that's for me. A, I've got yeah, a friend yeah. right now that's getting married in October and her eggs were frozen. But she wants to raise a, a child with a father. Right. Yeah, yeah, the freezing the eggs. Freeze your eggs. Yeah. All of you. Take nine thousand dollars, thousand. But the notion that I'm doing it because right. Right. I want to be a single parent. Yeah. That's her message. Yeah. Right? You that I'm a no one. Yeah. Well, I'm with you on that. The world is a better place because of great fathers like the two of you. I exactly. That that's what I've been saying. Wonderful fathers, and we're very fortunate. And your husband. My son's got one, too. <laughs> we're grateful for that. All right, so when we come back, I don't know if you've heard the term maps, but we're going to talk about it, and it's not like what you use to find directions. Hmm. I'm throw this mug I want you to see this clip of a licensed counselor talking about a minor attracted person. Folks, my name is Miranda. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and sex therapist in Erie, Pennsylvania. And today I want to talk about minor attracted persons. And I want to talk about minor attracted persons because they are probably the most vilified population of folks mm-hmm. in our culture. You may have noticed that I'm using the term minor attracted persons, sometimes abbreviated to MAPS, instead of the more commonly used term pedophile. And I'm doing this because the term pedophile has moved from being a diagnostic label to being a judgmental, hurtful insult that we hurl at people. They've not chosen this attraction just as the rest of us have not chosen whatever our attraction is. All right, we only have one minute left, but Yaku, I gotta send oh, this man. one over to you. I'll be, I'll be <laughs> quick. I'll, I'll, I'll be one. real quick. She's a person who who wants to have sex with children. She's she's defending them. She's that's pedophilia. 
It's pedophilia. Forget about maps, okay? Just like we won't justify murder. This culture wants to normalize sex with children. We've got over 13 states right now trying to lower the age of consent to 13 because they want to get away from statutory rape. They want children to give consent. They want sex with children. I'll stop there or I will burn the whole place down because I'll get mad. Total insanity. It's hard to add anything to that. I mean, it's it's exactly true. There's there's no room in our society to make pedophilia more understandable and accepted. Let's keep that one where it is. Exactly. If people want to follow you, where do they need to go? At Stu Does America. At Jakob Wayne's Instagram and the bottom line on YouTube. Thank you for being here today. Great show. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.